When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUreview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hey everyone, it is episode 31 of the DCAU Review. I am your host, or co-host, Cal, and alongside me, as always, my co-host, good brother, and the DCAU Twitter guru, it's Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 31. Yeah, I'm excited. We had a, an interesting episode today. We're continuing on in our uh, looking at the first few episodes of Justice League and uh, sort of begin to expand that larger DCAU. Uh, we get to see Oa, the Green Lantern Corps, and uh, a bunch of other stuff that we sort of we saw a little bit of that in Superman the Animated Series, but sort of an episode completely focused on that stuff is uh, pretty cool to see. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, and we started, of course, we started our um, our review of the Justice League last week with uh, Secret Origin. So we continue this. This week is a, uh, is a heavy episode uh, centered on characters that weren't really fleshed out or explored in the other... Uh, episodes and, yeah. and really what didn't really get touched on a whole lot in in even in Secret Origin. So it's kind of cool. Uh, you get to learn a little bit of the backstory of, of one of your main characters, Green Lantern, and um, you know he's he's certainly a focus of many uh, many episodes. I, I, I feel yeah in, in, on this series it was very much a John Stewart story and um, yeah. So it's it's interesting for sure. Let's jump into plot. We'll discuss that. Um, so your plot is that uh, and it's I don't know. We talked about this before <laughs> we went on. It's interesting because you really don't understand. You don't see the full picture of what the plot is until. Almost to the end of episode, the 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 first episode, the yeah. first part, um, where we find out that John Stewart uh, is the Green Lantern who was <laughs> who was chasing after a space pirate and yes. inadvertently caused the death of three billion people. Whoops! Uh, whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so because of that, he's being placed on trial. And uh, there's all this kind of mystery surrounding it and why he didn't go without a fight. And um, I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? What were your th- some of your thoughts on the plot? Yeah, so as you mentioned, the end of part one is the big reveal where Jon Stewart basically pleads guilty to uh, having you know inadvertently or accidentally uh, destroyed an entire planet. While he was trying to do something good, he right. was stopping this guy Kanjar Rowe, who was a, was a cool little cameo because he was a, he's a pretty big, uh, famous villain in the yes. Justice League history. So it was cool. He he doesn't get much of a, a flesh out here, but he he it was a cool little nod to Absolutely. to some Justice League history. Yeah, and so we we find out that John's basically pleading guilty. He's not going to defend himself, but that's all. That leads into the end of part one is literally John saying, "I'm guilty." So we have to cram a whole lot into part two. We yeah. have to, we have to get the the whole trial as the Flash tries to sort of valiantly buy time, Co- comedic relief um, also, right, and get some comic relief in there. Hawkgirl has a little spat with the rest of the Green Lantern Corps, who is sort of 
uh, you know, came to the trial, but sort of very quickly turned their backs on, on John and have decided there's, you know, he's definitely guilty and they, they feel embarrassed by him. And meanwhile, Superman and the Martian Manhunter are investigating and they eventually uncover that it is, of course, a ruse. And because of this moon is still orbiting a planet that doesn't exist anymore, um, which begs the question, did the Green Lantern Corps not investigate this situation? <laughs> did it's, yeah. a cutthroat, it's a cutthroat yeah. corps there. They're did the ready. police of that sector not uh, not look into it very deeply? They, um, they just assumed that they were all dead. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> they were blown into bits. Like, uh, but it's, so it's all, so they have to jam, so they jam that, the reveal that he's still alive, and then Superman has to rush in and save the Flash and Green Lantern from being gassed to death. Another gassing death here. We had that in <laughs> the late Mr. Canton here. Apparently that's the go-to uh, DCAU corporal punishment, is gas chambers. <laughs> but uh, That's what Martian Manhunter did to the White Martians. That's and right. And defeated them in the that's, original... That's gas. That's on, what we do. On Mars. That's right. Um, but anyway, and then, and then you have to have the big fight between, as, as it's revealed, the Manhunters paid Kanjaro to create this ruse or- so that they could draw out the Guardians... That, so that they could then go attack Oa and steal the Guardian's central power battery that gives all the Green Lanterns rings their power. But they that, so, so that's all jam. Like part one is like all prologue to what is a jam packed, bloated part two. Yeah, and it like and there's some really interesting themes. We talked about this a bit off the air uh, about like holding those in power accountable. Yeah. And, and you know, being able to own up to your mistakes, even if it means you will be punished, even if the punishment seems unfair. Right. You know, owning up to your mistakes. Like, there's something interesting, especially when you look through the superhero lens of that type of topic. Sure. But it's, like, that's like a tiny little nugget in what is just this really, I, I can't think of a better word than bloated yeah. uh, part two that kind of keeps it from really exploring those themes. Uh, at least not to a level that would be satisfactory. No, I I, I agree completely with you. I, I gave um my score for it was a four out of ten because of that. Yeah. Um I, I think um I think it had potential, but I think you're right. You're just sitting and you're waiting. There's so much waiting to find out the reveal as to why John didn't go without a fight. Like they wanted that to be the big reveal at the end of, of yeah. part one. And I liked what you said before we went on the air. You were talking about how it may have may have been better if they had done that and and done the conviction part and left that as the as the cliffhanger for part yeah. one. Um, and then part two picks up where where Superman's investigating, and it, because it's it's you're right, it's just so much that's jam packed into that second part. It felt so rushed. Yeah. Um, you know the the Manhunters, their plan is completely totally <laughs> convoluted. But okay, even if you buy that, they don't get. You know the 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 one Manhunter becomes the power battery. And it's all of what five seconds before John figures out that he just has to do the oath, yeah. to defeat him. You know, it would have been cool that, and we'll talk about it when we look at visuals. But the, the design for um, for the Manhunter as like the the power battery yes. is so cool looking, and he's you know his, they gave him a cool voice effect. So it would have been cool to see a battle between him and 
and the lanterns with maybe weakened rings or yes. you know and, and the rest of the justice league sure. as well superman versus a giant monster always a fun time oh yeah absolutely um so yeah it seems like there's a lot of just kind of wasted potential as you mentioned there so yeah my plot score was three out of ten we're getting we're getting into underdwellers territory Ooh, put a dollar in that dollar under- in the underdwellers put it in the underdweller jar but uh yeah it was like i said there's there's interesting ideas here but i just thought the execution was lacking yeah they didn't really cover very much of it all right uh let's move on to our next category Let's talk music. Um, I got to be honest. Uh, so, from the in the very first scene, they use the same like triumphant victory music from when they defeated the Imperium. And yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's gonna like. I, I hadn't noticed that that they had done that before on on past viewing. So I'm wondering if that's going to become a reoccurring theme. It wasn't just the d- defeating of the Imperium. Um, but other than that little musical note, and then the very end of part two where John does the, does the, the oath. There wasn't, I noticed in background, but it's not, I don't know, like, because it's not Shirley Walker and it's not very orchestral. It's not, doesn't sound like the live band. It's, it blends into the background more for me. That's um, fair. Which is okay. It's not awful. I didn't, I wasn't offended by it. No. But I felt like there could have been there could have been more. There's just always more that you that you could that could be done when it's when there's something that's missing. I, so I gave it. I gave music four out of ten. Yeah, I'm I'm right around that that same way, and I think I went I went uh, five out of ten for music personally. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing super wrong. I liked the the music uh, in the first fight scene on Earth, where Hawkgirl and the Flash and the Martian Manhunter uh, are fighting the Manhunters. I thought that was good, and I like. There's kind of that frantic sort of Death Star trench run music comes in a little bit yeah. during the final battle in Part Two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, overall, not nothing to write home about, but not not awful or anything either. Yeah. Okay. All right, not a lot to talk about there. Let's uh, let's move on to our animation and visual, Liam. Um, okay, so we are now. This is technically the fourth and fifth episode, if you count Secret Origins as uh, three separate episodes. Yeah. So fourth and fifth episode here um, of the digital animation age, and it's still still getting used to a little bit of it. I was, it wasn't as jarring to me, I think, this time. And uh, some of it was, I, I, I feel like they didn't use as many painted backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, I feel like a lot of the backgrounds were digitally animated in, in more parts than... I don't know. I'm just thinking of that those scenes in the White Martian's ship and how... It just looked very odd. The digital animation juxtaposed to the 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 digital or the painted backgrounds. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like they did a little bit better job this time blending the two of them together. Um, there was a little bit of off model in the first episode that I noticed uh, when they're beaming John Stewart up when they cat with the Manhunters capture him. It's a very weird like his <laughs> his face looks all stretched out, very odd. There's also a scene where Superman's flying the javelin. I noticed like the top of his head was very it was just oddly shaped. Flash's face kind of looks a little off model in certain places. Um, but overall, balancing that out, there are some some cool visuals in this. We already talked about the Manhunter. Yes, uh, when he when he absorbs the power battery, just a cool looking design. It, it, he flickers almost like a, a flame, if you will. Yeah. Um, when he when he he grows to the the higher or the uh, taller taller size, he grows larger. And yeah, he, the power sort of grows from within his metal shell, kind yeah. of bursts around him, and this sort of lo- large form. 
kind of grows as you mentioned kind of bursts out yeah. of the ceiling of the of the power battery room and all of the energy draining out of the guardians and mm-hmm. out of out of John's ring the green comes out of John's eyes yeah. which is a really cool uh, striking visual moment um, and and that that overall fight scene there's a cool part you know Jean faces through a wall and then faces through a manhunter's face and that pulls was, out his robot brain basically that was super cool we um, we always talked about how uh, at least on the original Batman the animated series they liked to do whatever they could to Scarface yes. because he they they didn't have <laughs> as many restrictions on what they could do because he's right. not a human being so puppets like, robots anything like that toy like toys yep a toy man stuff. But, so th- this episode, they take well advantage of that <laughs> with decapitating, pulling mm-hmm. arms off, pulling brains out. Mm-hmm. They, Just, take, they take full advantage. Yeah, they have a lot of fun, and that and that is probably the the most fun visual stuff you see is all in that the, the you know the last six or seven minutes of this of this big battle. It feels like there's a lot of uh, some you know Star Wars imagery and homages to in there. Yeah. There's a part earlier where uh, Hawk Girl is is fire is in a ship chasing. Kanjaro's ship, and they have like a a, a view of her targeting computer that mm-hmm. looks like it's right out of a you know the Death Star run from yeah. A New Hope. So that the, you know some cool little homages, not as many uh, like alien race cameos, although there was one that you pointed out. Yeah, th- so th- the one that I noticed um, that that stuck out, there was a cameo from the alien that appears at the end of. The last son of Krypton. Mm. Um, that Brainiac, uh, if you remember correctly, there's sort of like a post-credit scene where Brainiac yes. attacks a ship and takes over it, and there are these aliens in it that have these domed helmets, and they're like one eye and uh, sort of a triangular-shaped head. Um, I noticed one of those in the uh, in in the uh, the juror or the, uh, the I guess the the crowd that's watching the yeah. the uh, the actual trial take place. Um, and there was maybe one or two other ones. There's a ponytail guy who I, I, I can't remember if he was in the Lobo episode or maybe he's late on the War World episode later. Yeah. He might be. Um, but I was really, I really thought it was a swing and a miss uh, with some of that because I felt like that that was a that would have been a cool and easy way to disguise some homages, some some Easter eggs here or there yeah, of even I, of either other DC alien races, uh, maybe f- some foreshadowing with stuff because there's plenty of episodes that include aliens. Sure. Uh, in this series, or maybe doing your old like oh hi hide a Marvel character, yeah, look alike here or there. Um, and there was one that I thought maybe sort of looked like it could have been a, a Groot, Groot-ish type character, yeah. but it wasn't. It wasn't very clear if it was or if right. I was I was looking into it. But um, you know, I I, f- I felt like there's they had more opportunity to do some of those, and, and they kind of swung and a miss. Yeah, and I'm sure some of that just comes down to time, and you're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just need a you know, we need twelve different alien designs, right? And which to me suggests, well, it, maybe it would have been easier to just look through a couple of books and pull out a, a character here or there, or do something obscure. Like, where's where's my space cabbie ca- cameo here, <laughs> right? Like, uh, or, or something like that. Um, but at, no, all things considered, though, that's visuals are still probably the strongest part of the episode. I gave it six out of ten. Um, as you mentioned, there's there's also just a lot of standing around. Yeah, uh, like during the trial bits, and they kind of try to intercut it with Hawkgirl has like a bar room brawl. I like the brawl, the brawl scene. That okay. that 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 to me, the animation from that l- looked cool. There was a couple like uh, where 
where she hurls the one green lantern towards Kilowog and he catches him. Yes, Gallius. And when he throws Gallius towards Green Lantern, he catches him. And you get um, you get uh, Arcus Arcus Trumick, I believe yes, it is, who, t- who turns around and uh, and looks, and then he looks back, and then you get the shot of Hawkgirl pulling yeah, a, back, like a real POV shot of hammering him in the yes. face. That was that was kind of cool. I I, I like that shot. Um, and th- there is some fighting in the in the first episode when they first land the ship. But it's you're, like you said, yeah, and, and that kind of goes back to plot, I think, and why we gave plot maybe not as high a score is just because it is a lot of standing around listening to accusations being made yeah. and John being super depressed. Yes, <laughs> and yeah, and you got you got that intercut with some flash comic relief, and um, but yeah, it's it's overall it's just uh, it's like I said, it's good, it's not great. I think that's fair. So that's my score is uh, six out of ten. Mine was also a very, very, very similar, exact six out, <laughs> six out of ten. Which, you, if you've never listened to us before, you'd be shocked to know that we rarely, yes. rarely agree. It's, it's rarely agree. Do we agree here on the podcast? Um, just kidding, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I think too, it, it would have served them better to have. N- a longer battle scene at the end. There could have been some more. Yeah. There are a few cool visuals in there, but and of course, as one of the main complaints of some of the people that have watched and uh, fans of Justice League would would tell you, some of their issues with this incarnation of John as Green Lantern is he didn't do a lot of constructs with his yes. rings and the lanterns in this episode. The the small portion that we see them fighting, there's no constructs. Nope. It's a lot of green beams. And I know there's been in, there was interviews of of the creators of Bruce Tim and you know talking yeah. about that uh, about those complaints and and I have to wonder I don't remember them saying it was because of anim- animating was more difficult but I, you'd think that it's pro- it's easier to, to yeah. animate a green beam than and, it is and, and some of that I think is they they and I think they mentioned they did kind of want to establish John as such a like militaristic like straight laced guy. Mm-hmm. That he wouldn't make, you know, the same type of constructs that, sure. like, a Kyle Rayner who was a cartoonist and a, right. an artist. But it is, that's one of the cool, cooler visual parts of any Green Lantern, if you've ever read a Green Lantern comic book, um, is the different weapons he makes. But even that, like, he doesn't make any guns to then shoot the beams. Right. Or, like, later on you see him in the series, he'll make, like, giant hands or a sword or something and... And that's, I think, maybe more what people were looking for. Sure. It's, yeah, it's just, it's not super visually interesting. It's just, yeah, green laser beam. Green circle. Right, green uh, bubble when he's he d- does transporting people. Green, weird, even the shield that he creates is just like yeah. a block. It's just like a square, and, and it gets <laughs> shot through, and then it kind of looks like Swiss cheese. But, right. <laughs> but yeah, overall, it's it's uh, Green Lantern in, in Season 1 of Justice League, at least so far, is not a super visually interesting character, except for... The end here, where he he does the the oath and absorbs all of the energy back into his own ring, yes, and then fires it back out to recreate the power battery. That's a, a pretty striking visual. Yeah, that uh, was good too. So, yeah, definitely, yeah. I think visuals are one of the strongest parts of the episode. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to our final category, Liam, and that, of course, is voice acting. Um, I know we have a few special guests. One of them I, we recognize right <laughs> off the bat. I believe he's the vo- first voice you hear uh, at the beginning of the episode. But tell us about some of our uh, surprise special guests this week. So, uh, as you mentioned, Kurt Wood Smith uh, plays the prosecutor, the alien prosecutor, who most people would know as Red on that 70s Red show, Foreman. The Dad, <laughs> yep. on, on that 70s show. I was waiting also, for him to call Green Lantern a dumbass. 
asked, yeah. but we never got that. <laughs> yeah, uh, also, of course, from, uh, he was in RoboCop. Correct. Um, and uh, one been, of the Star Trek movies, I believe. And he's been a lot, he's yeah. been a lot of he's things. He's been around a long time. Yep. I think it's fun, I'm sure it's funny for someone like him who's been around for as long as he has to then <laughs> be known as the guy who says dumbass, but <laughs> it is what everyone, I think, thinks about when they, when they hear that voice, certainly it was what we thought of. Um, we also have uh, James Remar playing the the lead Manhunter, uh-huh. uh, who is probably more famous later on in Justice League Unlimited. He plays both Hawkman and the Shadow Thief. A little foreshadowing. Yeah, a little foreshadowing. There you um, go. In more ways than one. Yeah. And uh, and uh, also voiced the Black Mask on the Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, did voices on Brave and the Bold. Played Two Face on that show. So real uh, DC animation uh, veteran. Yep. Um, does a fine job. It's not. A, it's sort of just the Manhunters are sort of just described as like an artificial intelligence, like hive mind, right? That got mad. <laughs> like it's not really exactly. Clear. I mean, they kind of explain they were originally just like in the comics were the, like the original protectors of the universe, right? Pre Lantern Corps, and then the Guardians basically demoted them to like security, and they got mad, and so they hatched this evil plot, but. I thought, like, Remar does a good job as, as the lead guy. And, yeah, he's fine. He's robotic he's, enough. Right. And, and I think, we'll, well, I guess we'll be able to see it later on when we when we review the episode where he plays Hawkman. But y- you think uh, he's, he's better at, it's weird to say, he's better as a robotic voice, I think. <laughs> he comes across with more emotion than he does as a, as a human or yeah. even alien human-esque creature. Yeah, I'll definitely be curious to, to check that out as, as we go forward here. But uh, a few other ones, uh, Kandra Rowe, I'm probably going to butcher this last name, but his name is uh, René Aubergnois. It's very French. Yes. Aubergnois, <laughs> I'm going to go, go with. Um, go. But uh, he was Paul on Boston Legal, the sort of angry old man shaking his fists at the antics of, uh, of James Spader and, and William Shatner on that show. There you go. And... Uh, also uh, voiced a few other characters, including uh, uh, Kirk Langstrom's father-in-law on Dr. the original Doctor March on the original animated series Batman. Um, so another another DC uh, voice acting uh, veteran there. There you go. And then we have uh, one Dennis Haysbert as there Kilowog, you uh, who you might know from Allstate commercials, <laughs> or uh, also as the the president on Twenty Four and yep. uh, several other acting roles. But, there you go. Uh, he was sort of the the one recognizable voice. I think most of the other Green Lantern Corps were were just voiced by other members of the cast. I think yeah, Renee about... played Gallius and and Michael Rosenbaum was Arcus. Yeah, and the other two didn't talk. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. What did you, I mean? I, I thought you know it's difficult. You know, Red Red Foreman is is such a <laughs> such an iconic voice. But I you know he, I don't think it was cast in a bad way. Like I, I thought he did he did a fantastic job as the as the prosecutor, yeah, um, you know, but there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot that was asked of the other special guests, other than Dennis Haysbert, who has a somewhat larger role in part two. Where, but even that, like, it was just kind of like, oh, that sounds like the guy from the Allstate commercial. So, yeah, oh, it is. Um, so the the main cast was was relied upon a lot in this episode, despite having a few. Uh, supporting characters that are, are a little more well known. Yeah, um, I didn't think there was anything terrible. I thought John it, John it will get better. Uh, Phil Lamar as John yes. Stewart will get better. Um, but you began to see, you know, he, he he gets much better. I think as the series goes on. But I think even here you can see that uh, he's he's pretty darn. He's got good. something. He's got something to sink his teeth into. Obviously, in in Secret Origins, he 
only had a few lines and and he was sort of very much the straight laced guy so seeing him interact with his you know his old neighbors and stuff at the beginning of part one yep. through the the they they begin to establish the dynamic of him in the flash which becomes very you know the sort of buddy cop yep. stuff that you know plays out through the rest of the series and um their sort of relationship of you know of of Wally being such a you know a, a jokester and kind of an idiot mm-hmm. and John being so straight-laced and trying to get him to take everything seriously and so they they start to sort of play off that that dynamic a little bit um I didn't think this was Maria Canales' best episode as Hawkgirl. No, I, I I totally agree with and you. And I definitely think, and I, I know because I've you know I've watched Justice League Unlimited. I've watched you know certainly Starcrossed or something mm-hmm. later on, and in, in maybe even episodes later on in season one. But um, it's, she's she has a lot of dialogue, and she's just like the the one note is that Hawkgirl is like keeps jumping into fights, mm-hmm. and like Superman has to keep like chastising her because we're not here to fight; we're here to right. help John. So it's kind of a one-note thing, but um, outside of that, um, yeah, I, I definitely think Phil Lamar is is the strongest of all the the voice uh, the, the voice actors here as far as our main cast go. Michael Rosenbaum does a fine job as yeah, he's fine. He's basically again in this episode just called on to be comic relief and not mm-hmm. much more. Agreed. Um, and again, you'll get a little bit more serious Flash or a little more character development as to why he's more of a lighter character as as the series go on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, overall, I I also gave voice acting uh, six out of ten. I think it's it's good. I don't think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one one other thing in voice acting which I'll get to maybe a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, it just there wasn't like other other than Phil's performance uh, getting getting to sink his teeth into a little bit more a little more depth of his character. I didn't think there was a really like strong strong performance. Yeah, I'm uh, shockingly I agree with you. <laughs> um I, you know, I, I think there was some okay stuff here, but nothing that blew me away. Wasn't really offended by anything, didn't think anything necessarily brought the episode down except for Hawkgirl. Um I felt like that it was difficult for her to show and some of it is the character, I think, itself, because they they try to make it very obvious that she's a cold character, wants to fight, does not care much about hurting people, doesn't care about, doesn't quite understand. I think is the other the other yeah. like the flip side of that, like understand because she's an alien that comes from a war planet, um, that what compassion is or what you know, um, grace or mercy or any of that right. stuff is. So, she fights. She fights to win. She fights to kill. Right, and, and she that, fights. Fights to fight. And there's right. no, like that's her. That's her go to. That's her first choice and her right. second choice <laughs> is like fight. Like right. not fighting is is barely like option number three. So I. But I, I, with that said, it was a little bit. I think it brought it down just a little bit. It, it was a little bit robotic um, in this episode, at least. So I, I gave I gave voice acting a five out of ten. All right, William. So. Uh, there we go. It's the uh, the bonus bonus point sound effect, Liam. Um, it's not me, so it must be you. It must be me. Yeah, I wanted to give one extra point because this is the first time in the series that we hear Phil Lamar do the full Green Lantern oath, mm. and it's tremendous. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Evil's might. Beware my power, Green Lantern. 
yeah, wasn't that great? Tremendous. Uh, uh, Super good. He's so awesome at that. And obviously, again, this isn't necessarily his best episode. It's not really anybody's best episode. But that moment as sort of the iconic first time we get to see him do that. And again, it's just, again, another little connection to the the larger uh, DC world. Is that that Green Lantern Oath, if you've ever read a Green Lantern comic, it's so prevalent. Absolutely. Um, It's so important to, to that, that character and having him, you know, save the day by doing his oath and, and sort of his, you know, never die attitude. I thought it all just comes out in that performance. And as something as simple as just repeating this, these few lines that I've read in a comic a hundred times, you know, in his, but in his voice in in Phil Lamar's John Stewart voice, it's just perfect. So I had to throw out an extra point just for that. I gotcha. Very good. All right, Liam. So I think that brings us uh, to our final scores. Uh, my, brings my final score as a total of 19 out of 40, um, which is definitely on the lower end of things regarding, I, I think, probably the lowest score we've had in quite a while for an episode. Yeah. Uh, maybe Heroes was, I think Heroes was even in the 20s, made it to the 20s for me, yeah. 21, 22. Um, but uh, from Batman Beyond, but uh, so n- didn't break the twenty mark. So not a great episode overall. Um, I think that if you're if you're rewatching Justice League, this to me, ugh, it's right on the line of see it, skip it. Yeah, I, I think you could you could skip past it, and you're not going to miss a whole lot. I would say if you're not super familiar with the Green Lantern as a whole as a character. Mm-hmm. Beyond, you know, he's a guy with a ring. This does delve into the Guardians uh-huh. and the core itself, and and some of that. So, I mean, there's stuff worth it if you're, but if you're pretty familiar with these characters and concepts, you can probably skip this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah so my final score was a uh, completely different twenty-one out of forty. Okay. So a little bit of a difference. You there. broke you broke twenty. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So I, I yeah I, I and I didn't have a, a terrible time watching this. Or no, anything. it wasn't. It didn't feel like a burden to watch. No, it. no, no. But it just wasn't. It wasn't great. Yeah, that's. I think that's fair. I think that's. You're gonna find some of those when you you know review as as many episodes as we already have and as sure. many as we will. Absolutely, it's gonna be some that are just fine. Yeah, that's okay. All right, William. All right, so I uh, guess it's time to wrap things up. Thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode. As always, make sure you check out our website dcaureview.com. That is where you can hear episodes streaming brand new every Saturday, most Saturdays I would say at 10 a.m. Yes, we also have our Twitter account. You can follow us at DCAU Review. Make sure you go and look at the pinned tweet on our Twitter account. Mm-hmm. We are doing a contest. We're trying to get ourselves to 250 followers, at which point you will be able to tweet us the secret word. The secret word from last week, which was, Liam? It was Martian. That is Martian. So, uh, yes, yeah, so if you go up, if you like and retweet the pinned tweet on our Twitter you are already entered to win the contest, and then, like I said, once we get to 250 followers, all we got to do is tweet us that secret word. We'll get to that down the line. Yep. But in the meantime, feel free to tweet us anytime with any sort of thoughts you have on the episodes we're reviewing, past episodes that we've reviewed, as you mentioned, at DCAUReview.com. We have archives. You can search by villain. You can search by show. Uh, you can look. We've now done at least a couple of episodes on all four of the main shows. Yep. Um, we got some cool stuff coming up as well. Some some Elseworlds stuff that may be coming up around the holidays. Super excited about and, that. Yeah, it's going to be dope. And uh, yeah, just overall, Twitter's definitely the, the number one way to get in touch with us, though. If you have thoughts on the episodes, what we should review next, tag us in fan art. We love seeing that stuff, too. Yep. Any kind of interaction, uh, 
that you would like to have with us or anyone else in our in our little DCAU community. It's a, it's a really cool thing to be a part of and we enjoy it. Definitely. All right. So, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on next week's episode of DCAU Review. Goodbye.